Over 70% of Americans in our country say financial stress is their leading cause of stress. And I do think our industry, society, and companies are clearly not meeting the needs of women. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Today, I am joined by Heather Ettinger. She is an author, speaker, and founder and CEO of Luma Wealth Advisors. I've known Heather for well over a decade now and have always admired her work. So it's a real thrill to have her join us today on the Breaking Money Silence podcast. Heather, if you're not familiar with her work, is a champion for women and girls and she has been for over three decades. She's widely recognized as someone who is dedicated to helping women build their financial confidence and develop philanthropic legacies. Uh, She recently published a book, Illuminations, Shining a Light on a Women's Journey to Financial Wellness, and it's already a bestseller. So I want to welcome Heather to the podcast today. Kathleen, I am thrilled to be here with both a good friend and someone that is a leader in our industry. So thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. You know, you and I offline have had so many conversations about financial wellness and financial confidence. And so it's really nice to be able to bring that to my listeners. Now, when it comes to the book, because I can't overlook that you've become a bestseller already, the book is great. I had a chance to uh, read it in advance. And I want to know what inspired you after being in the field for a reasonable amount of time to say, I want to write a book. Well, I think there are really two things that inspired me to write the book. One is that you and I both know women have not had a voice around their money in our industry for a long time. And our industry has continued to be condescending and disempowering. And my feeling is that's just not acceptable. It takes a different approach. And what I was trying to do in the book is give a completely different framework for how we think about financial wellness. And financial wellness is really at the intersection, yes, of your financial resources, but really much more so at your why. Uh, Why do you choose what you choose? And then the what in your life in six different areas. And so it's really how to change the dialogue around money for women. And I think the second is 
I have been in the industry a very long time. I've been asked a number of times to write the book because I tend to be a very transparent and vulnerable person in in sharing my own stories as well. And so I finally just sat down and said, okay, I'm going to commit to doing this. And I want it to have a very different feel by sharing my own stories so that what I know about women is they tend to relate more to stories than somebody telling them what to do. And so that was my hope. Awesome. Well, that is a great reason to be inspired to write a book. And I know it's a big accomplishment. Um, You mentioned two things that I want to follow up on. You mentioned the what and the why. And because I've read the book, I understand. But could you say a little bit more about what those two elements to your model look like so people can understand what you're talking about? Absolutely. So I think Where the challenge starts is that the financial services industry treats the what as your money. I completely disagree. The what is what you want in six different areas of life. And those include relationships, job purpose, health, spirituality, community, and play. And so I take you through a journey of kind of past, present, and future looking at those six areas of life. The why, and you certainly know this as well as anybody, the why is why you drive those money decisions the way you do. And it goes back to what your your money journey has been, the messages you've received, what you've accepted or rejected or vowed you would never do the same way. And so you're really connecting your why, what you care about deeply, what's important to you around money with your what in these six different areas. And the how just happens to be financial and human capital. But again, the why and the what is so much more important than the how. The how is really going to direct those two circles to be connected. Great. So it's less about how much money do you have and let's manage, let's invest that money. And it's more holistically what's important to you, different areas of your life. And also, you know, where do you come from in terms of your money history or your ability to talk about money or break money silence? So that is very different than you see in the majority of financial advisors and the financial industry. And so the other thing you talk about in your book that I think is really interesting is you talk about the financial wellness crisis in this country. And you very purposely talk about financial wellness as opposed to financial literacy. So tell me a little bit more about that, because I found that very intriguing. Sure. So as I said, financial wellness, in, in my opinion, is just like you would think of physical wellness or mental wellness. It's having a healthy relationship with money and how you choose to allocate your resources. So the counter side of that is that over 70% of Americans in our country say financial stress is their leading cause of stress. And I do think our industry, society, and companies are clearly not meeting the needs of women. So if you take even the 2018 PIMCO study that said over 50% of the 750 women interviewed reported that the financial industry does not reflect their 
lifestyle or services. That's what we're talking about. We aren't talking about the markets, the specific investments. We're talking about, do you understand what I want for my life? And therefore, are you providing a framework by which I can make decisions on how to allocate resources in an informed and intentional way? And so I think that's a very different way of looking at it. But the, the fact of the matter is we do have a crisis in this country. It's measured. And even I've done some work with Canyon Ranch. What shocked me was Canyon Ranch is a high-end, uh, really, physical lovely. wellness resort. Lovely place. Yes, it is a lovely place. Here's the shocker, Kathleen. Over 70% of the women that have appointments at health and healing or medical services say their greatest source of stress is financial. And these are typically high net worth women. So this is not just a socioeconomic issue. This is a universal issue. And I believe it's because we don't have the framework to have a healthy relationship with our financial resources under the context of what do we want in life and how do we live that abundant and intentional life. So you mentioned women. Is this something, in terms of the financial wellness crisis in general, is this something that influences people who identify as all different genders or is this specific to women? This is all, this is all genders. But like most things, um, women tend to be the leaders of social change in any area. And my hope is that this book and the work that you do and other leaders that have a realization around what's not working in our industry start to help women be the leaders of that change. And I think we're already starting to see it. So what do you say to someone who's listening in today and says, you know, I don't work with a financial advisor. I'm not going to. I don't want to. But, but I understand what you're saying around financial wellness. So I'd say I think that's as naive as saying um, I'm not going to ever go see a doctor. It just means that you probably need to do a little bit more research on finding the doctor that fits whether you want a more holistic approach or whether you have a specific need in a specific area of practice. I look at the financial services industry the same way. There are people who are fabulous in different size of clients, types of clients, et cetera. And what I think is really important is that you find the advisor that can be collaborative with you and help you in that journey. And part of that journey, if you are a woman that we are talking to about financial wellness and all is having somebody who's also a partner in your financial literacy. What areas do you need more knowledge on? You cannot treat every ailment you have by going to WebMD. You also need to have some sort of advisor to help you in the process of your journey towards financial wellness. Well, it's interesting. And part of the reason that question came up is I taught at Champlain College this past uh, fall. And one of the things that many of my students who are adult learners, probably between the ages of maybe 23 and 
and 30, we're saying, well, we don't have the economic uh, resources to be able to access an advisor. And so one of the things that I'm passionate about, and I don't want to get us too off on a tangent, is just making sure that there are quote unquote doctors or advisors or planners for everyone. And I know that you would want the same thing too, but it, it sounds like you're feeling as if, if you don't have a financial advisor in your corner, then you are not fully being as healthy as you can be. That That's correct. And I think the reason people feel that way goes back to our earlier discussion around our industry treating your money as the what. So one of the first questions most advisors ask is, you know, how much do you have and where is it? That should never, in my opinion, be the starting point. And so at Luma, I will tell you, if we have a conversation with somebody who's not a good fit for us, we will find them a home with an advisor that is a good fit. And I think that's really important because there are some great resources out there. You and I both are familiar with Savvy Ladies, which helps women who are going through divorce who don't have the economic resources. And Stacy Francis and her team do a fabulous job of getting them the resources and advice that they need in that journey. That's what I'm talking about is there are different people, different ways to get the financial literacy. There are even firms out there now that are just doing financial literacy, largely led by women, um, that aren't even managing assets. There are all types of different paths to take this journey on. And I think, you know, what you and I try to do is make sure we know who those people are so that we can help do some matchmaking and connecting. That's a great point. And I'm going to put some of those resources in the show notes, certainly Savvy Ladies, but some other folks that I know that are serving people uh, that have a different level of resource or maybe just a different need. Uh, I often talk about financial literacy, kind of like nutrition. You don't have to be an expert in nutrition, but you do have to know enough to take care of yourself. And so it sounds like it's a similar thing. I also know, given the work that I do and the work that you do, that financial confidence for women tends to be an issue. Ironically, when you look at just men and women and you break it down, men tend to be overconfident. It's a generalization, but uh, the studies show men tend to be overconfident and women tend to lack financial confidence. So I'm wondering, what do you see as the cause of this lack of financial confidence, if indeed you agree? Uh, and if so, how do you see money silence as part of this picture that we need to help women solve? So I think it goes back, Kathleen, to what we talked about in terms of money messages. And unfortunately, women have received far disproportionate negative money messages in the course of their life. And my dad was brilliant, had all the confidence in the world in me, yet I still got negative money messages like Heather you know, can't be spoiled like that. No man will ever be able to afford her. And you can oh, imagine gosh. I came back and said, what makes you think I won't be able to afford myself? It was, it was partly generational, but it was just part of how the, the messages both by our industry and society have been handed down over years. So I think in terms of money silence, where that really comes from is women are paralyzed with fear because they don't know 
Who can I trust? How do I get the information I need in an unbiased way where somebody isn't trying to sell me something? Where do I start? So I think, you know, that's really important. In the book, I talk about the Lumination Comfort Zone. And I said, and I even was talking to my oldest daughter about this the other day. Everybody starts in the fear zone. And we do a connective exercise up front. And what you learn pretty quickly is that the women, because of lack of time or lack of understanding on where to start, or just, you know, financial uncertainty and vulnerability, they're, they're just sitting in that fear zone. And the key is you just start to work your way out of that by understanding the first step is just collecting information. What's working? What isn't? What do I have? What do I spend? And gathering that information. And then that gets you into the learning zone. And once you get into the learning zone, then you can use a framework of how to make decisions that gets you into a confidence zone where you're more educated and empowered and you can tackle life's expected and unexpected transitions. So in my mind, that's, you know, we all start in the fear zone. And I mean, literally in these programs that we do, I can have women that are running a billion dollar corporation and they're sitting in the fear zone because they don't have the time and haven't focused on themselves. Another common message for women. Um, to the person who a traditional husband just walked out on her. She's never been involved in finances and now she's scrambling and scared to death. So I think it's just a question of the framework once again. And um, I think we provide that in the Illumination book. Well, what I love about that concept, especially the the comfort zone, is if you're going to grow and you're going to evolve and you're going to be vulnerable and take a risk, which for many of us, that has to do with talking about money, managing money, even if it's just a small pocket of managing money, right? Like you, you can run a billion dollar business, but maybe uh, you really struggle to talk to your daughter or your mother about money. And so the comfort zone, this idea that you just need to take one step outside and for you and your model moving to another zone. I, I really love that because you can visualize it and you can actually see yourself moving from zone to zone. One of the things I know we want to help women do, and you and I have both spent our careers doing this, is making sure that we're building financial confidence and skills so the next generation doesn't have to face the same issues that we did. So how do you think this financial wellness or this financial confidence gap hits the next generation? And is it similar for millennials and Gen Zs, or is it somehow different than maybe for myself and you? I think I'm going to answer that in two ways. Um, it's similar yet different. I think what's similar is that the money messages continue to be very inconsistent. The money messages to girls versus boys, the money messages that we get um, just from society, advertising, media, et cetera. I think the schools are still not teaching it, certainly not in a successful format for the most part. Parents are still not role modeling the right behavior and having those tough discussions. I'm not saying all but I'm still saying the majority sadly still aren't. So I think for millennials and Gen Z, there's still the challenge of not knowing who they can trust, how they can get the information, and the fact that they've had this uh, once again, you know, kind of 
very inconsistent money messaging going on. Here's the good news. I think they've created more definition around what they want and they're asking for it. So Kathleen, as you know, I have three kids who would fall into this bucket. And I think, you know, yes, our family does talk about these things, but even so, whether it's career and negotiating and things like that, I think they are coming forward in a much more direct way than we did. And I think that's a really good thing. We just assume that if we were offered a salary, that's what we should do. That's what we should take because that's what women did. And I think this next generation knows better. Yeah, I would agree with you there. It's really interesting to see the difference. I mean, I remember when I got my first job. So I'm a very old Gen Xer. And uh, I didn't, first of all, I didn't think to negotiate. Second of all, you know, the whole message was you have to pay your dues and you're just lucky to get the job, which unfortunately I think is sometimes the message nowadays, but with the younger generation, and for me, it's not my kids, it's uh, my niece and some of my honorary nieces uh, that I see just really getting clear and saying, I'm not going to put up with that, which is a really great thing for changing the world for women going forward. So I know you have a ton of tips and tools in this book, and I just love practical advice. Um, So I'm going to ask you to share maybe your top two or three tips that you would have for listeners for improving their financial confidence. So I'm going to be a little self-serving and say, number one is read the book. It's different for those of you that are fearful that it's going to have a lot of jargon or technical pieces, it doesn't at all. It's all about your journey, looking at your past, your present, and helping design your future. So I think that helps. And there are definitely several tools. So there's one that's called the developmental stages. It goes through really all the different kind of emotional reactions you may have at different stages of life. For me, Dealing with elder care has been a whole new stage of life and challenge. And so it gives you a little bit of an idea of what to expect. And I kind of use the model of what to expect when you're expecting. Um, so I hope it's helpful that way. I think this the second thing I would say is pick a medium or two that resonates with you. Whether you're, you know, if you like podcasts, Here's obviously an excellent one that Kathleen's been doing for years, constantly bringing different leaders and resources. Uh, There's the purse. Maybe you like books. And um, I'm a huge fan of Prince Charming Isn't Coming by Barbara Stanny because it's an easy read and it'll start getting you thinking. Or, you know, publications. And then I think the third is start researching for an advisor who will be collaborative, who will focus on your financial literacy, your financial wellness. They are out there. And you can absolutely reach out to me at lumawealth.com. Started our site. We have all sorts of free resources there. And you can participate in webinars and those kinds of things. We're all about helping to educate women. So we really do know a lot about how to do it. I have training that goes back 30 years and quite frankly is trademarked uh, for how women learn best. And we do try to put those 
practices forward so that we create a safe and welcoming environment for women to learn. Great. You know, you mentioned Barbara Stanny, who recently, or not so recently, became Barbara Hudson. And she just released a new book, and she's going to be a guest uh, going forward on this series. So that was a nice little you know, mention for her, because I think her work is really interesting as well. But definitely check out Heather's book. You want to check out her work, full disclosure. So Heather, I know you just mentioned uh, where people can email you, but in general, if if listeners wanted to find out more about the book, where should they go to purchase that book? And again, where can they find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Well, thanks, Kathleen, for asking that question. So the book is on Amazon and currently is in ebook, paperback, and hardback versions. You can also go to heatherettinger.com. My last name is spelled E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R.com. And I do uh, already have resources there, obviously a link to buy the book, and there will be even more coming. LumaWealth.com is our firm, and I assure you that there's some great resources there and you won't be sold a lot of stuff. Um, And then social media. Um, Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. I do tend to post a fair amount there, just kind of more industry broadwise. And then my Twitter, which is at Heather Insight, has a definite champion for women and girls lens to it. So you'll find a lot more there in terms of content that I share that has to do more with specifically advancing the interests of women and girls. Awesome. And every once in a while, we catch up on Twitter when we can't catch up otherwise. So I can speak to the fact that she's on Twitter and responds right away. So Heather, this has been such an enjoyable time to talk to you. Um, Inside, I'm just so excited that you have this book that you birthed in this process. And I just know it is the change that you have always wanted to see. And it's certainly the change that we need in this industry and in the work with women and wealth. So thank you very much for breaking money silence with me. Thank you, Kathleen. It's been an honor. And I just appreciate the work you're doing to advance the industry. It's very, very important. So keep on, keep it on, girl. This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.